<laughs> oh, man. Well, them kids just kill me. I love to listen to them. If you would, please, Romans chapter 16. I'd like to read the chapter. It's not that long. And, and I want you to take it like it's like, it's like a, a letter being closed out. And Paul is writing to the church at Rome. And he's closing out his letter. And he began in, in the first few verses of Romans, and he's telling the people how that everybody's a sinner, they needed to be saved. He gets into the, once you are saved, you ought to know it, and give you assurance for your salvation. He talks about all the things about the gospel. He gets over and talks about the Jew and the Gentile uh, being saved and Everything, and then he comes over to chapter 16 and he's closing out his letter. And I think it's one of the most beautiful uh, chapters in the Bible when it comes to those that work with the pastor or those who work with the min- being in the ministry and helping out in the ministry. And listen to how Paul puts it. He said, Verse 1 I commend unto you, Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is at Caesarea that you receive her in the Lord as becoming saints, and that you assist her in whatsoever business she had need of you. For she has been a succour of many, and of myself also. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who have for my life laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Salute my well-beloved Ephesus, who is the firstfruits of Achaia under Christ. Greet Mary, who bestowed much labor on us. Salute Andreas and Juna and my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners, who are of note among the apostles, who also were in Christ before me. Greet Amplus, my beloved in the Lord. Salute Eubane, our... Uh, Hepper in Christ and statues of my beloved. Salute, salute, appealus according approved in Christ. Salute them which are Antibus household. Salute Anderotus, my kinsman. Greet them that be in the house hold of Narcissus, which are in the Lord. Salute Topinus and Triphonus who labor in the Lord. Salute the beloved Paris which labored much in the Lord. Salute Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother and mine. Salute Anasias and Pelagon and Hermas and, and these others and the brethren which are with them. And he goes on talking about saluting all the saints. Then verse 16, salute one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ salute, salute you. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. For they are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. And by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obedience is come abroad unto all men. I am glad therefore on your behalf, but yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Timotheus and my work fellow, and Lucius and Jason, 
and so Parter and my kinsmen salute you. Titus, who wrote this epistle, salute you in the Lord. Gaius, mine host, and the whole church saluteth you. Uh, Eritus, the chamber of the city, saluteth you. And Quartus, the brother, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God made known to all nations for the obedience of faith to God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever and ever. I like the way he closed it out. Amen. That last verse with 27. He mentions all these great people. And I believe they were great servants of the Lord that helped Paul serve the Lord. And he come down and he's, he wanted to make one thing very clear. It's all right to congratulate people that serve the Lord, but be sure that you give the glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 27, listen to it again. To God only be wise the glory through Jesus Christ forever and ever. Now, as we close out this chapter of verse 1, I've always wanted a sister, and I've thought about this as I was closing it out and writing some notes about it, and uh, i got three brothers, but I don't have an earthly sister. But since I got saved, I've got many sisters in the Lord. And uh, I mean this. I, I feel like you're my sister, you ladies that serve the Lord. And a lot of times I put my arm around uh, ladies in the church around their necks and, and just let them know that I love them in the Lord. And I've had people say to me, you ought not to do that, preacher. Well, at least I didn't give them a kiss. And the Bible says give them a holy kiss. Amen. But I mean it with all my heart. I appreciate so much uh, men and women that serve the Lord with us and help us in the gospel. I do know one thing. In serving the Lord all the years I've been preaching and serving the Lord, I know that if one pastor can't do it by himself. One man cannot carry on the work by himself. He has to have people around him to serve the Lord with him. And I've recognized something that God will give you everything you need around you when you when you need it. And God's been good. You, I, I went back in my mind thinking about this today and uh, beginning in this church, who all God sent. And then they, they drift away and God will send somebody else and they drift away and somebody will send somebody else and the church goes right on and, and God blesses. And God uses good people to get His job done. Now, I want to get to verse 25 and 26 and 27 of this chapter. So if you'll turn over there, please. Uh, chapter, the verses 25, 26, and 27. Now to him that is a power to establish you according to my gospel. I want to stop there just a minute. The work of the Lord is declared in verse 25 and 26. The work of God is witnessed within his power to establish his work in verse 25. Now to him that is a power to establish you according to my gospel. God can give you power that you don't even recognize if you really want to serve the Lord. Uh, the second thing I want you to see is within His purpose to establish 
the work of the Lord. The last part of verse 25, notice what it says, the last part, and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. Now, the preaching of Jesus Christ, but now is made manifest. The work of God is first divinely revealed to New Testament saints, verse 25, the first part of it. Secondly, it was divinely concealed from Old Testament saints, the middle of verse 25 and 26. First, we have the work of God. Then you have the wisdom of God, as declared in verse 27. And if you take these two points and notice some things, first of all, the work of God is declared. Now, salvation is a work of God from start to finish. The work was finished by Christ at Calvary, and no mortal hand can add anything to God's finished work. And when God called me to preach, I recognized that I'm not an educated man in the, in the Scriptures. I'm not educated uh, beyond the... I finished high school. I'm the only one in our family that ever finished high school. And I only did that because my wife uh, helped me get through it. Uh, she studied the books and done my tests and I carried them in. It worked good for me. But I, I did finish high school. I finished it at night. I laid blocks all day long and I'd go to night school and go to sleep just about it. But we got through it. And I thought about it many times. I'm so glad I got to finish high school. But uh, I was talking to Dr. Curtis Hudson up here on the platform one time. And I said, Dr. Hudson, I wish I would have went to Bible college. He said, I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> and he turned over me. He said, you know, a lot of Bible colleges weren't a good preacher. And he, he went on telling me about that. You know what, though? I, I, I do believe this. I want to learn everything I can about serving the Lord. But I had to come to this realization in the early ministry that uh, it's not your education. It's by the power of God. And if you have the Holy Spirit in your life, you might be the simplest guy in town like I am, but God can still use you. And I'm not talking about just preachers. I'm talking about anybody. Uh, you might not have the greatest education. You might have not the best looks in the world or the best personality in the world. But if you give yourself over to God and say, Lord, use me, He will give you the power. The power comes from God. Amen? I'm telling you the truth, folks. I've been in situations that uh, I I don't even know how I come through them. I'm talking about as a pastor. I I never will forget. And I won't tell you the whole story, but I had a a man working with me one time years ago, and he was an elderly man. And uh, there was just a nice-looking lady come to church, and she asked me to come by and see her. So I took him with me, and uh, when I went over there and sat down on the couch with her, I looked over to her, and I said, what's the problem? And she told me. And he said, oh, oh, oh. I thought he was going to have a heart attack. I ain't going to tell you what she said or what she's talking about, but he just couldn't take that, brother. He like to die of a heart attack right there. And I, and I am so glad to this day that God gave me the wisdom of some things I said to her about what she was talking about. And because when I got through and had prayer with her, fixed to leave, her husband walked out of the kitchen where he'd been sitting listening to everything. You think about that for just a minute. 
If I'd have went along with her and said what she wanted me to say and okayed what she wanted me to say, I'd have been in trouble, brother. But God, through His wisdom, gave me the right words to say to her and to help her and him. And I've, I've never forgotten that little incident. And I can give you incident after incident that I've been thrust into that I didn't know how to handle. I'm talking about people with overdoses, people sick in the hospital, uh, just any kind of situation you want to name, and little old me being thrust into it to help people. And I had to realize, I can't do this. I can't handle this. I can't change. You know what most people want to do? They want you to turn the key and change everything in your life that they've messed up for 40 years. You can't do it. But God can. God can speak a word by the power of God. He can heal. He can make whole. He can do it all. And Paul, in the end of this great book of Romans, that has everything that a Christian needs in this life written down in the book of Romans. He come down in the end and he said, I don't care who you are, God is the power. He's the power to get it done. Now, it is within God's purpose then to establish His work. Verse 25. Secondly, God cannot be hindered in the outworking of His purpose concerning the church. Now, this truth of the church is divinely concealed in the Old Testament. Verse 25, the last part, it said the Old Testament saints didn't know about the church. The greatest New Testament mystery is the mystery of the church. That is, the joining of Jews and Gentiles in the body of Christ. That's a mystery. You have to go back and study the Old Testament Jewish uh, uh, way they tried to serve the Lord and then you come into the New Testament here and we serve the Lord by grace. They were under law. We are under grace. And God melted it all together in Christ Jesus. I don't care who you are. You can be a Catholic or a Methodist or a Baptist or a Jew or a Gentile or anybody else. It all has to come through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a mystery. Amen? And Paul said that's a great mystery. Now, but he, he gets it done through the Lord Jesus Christ. The mystery in Scriptures is a previously hidden truth now divinely revealed. Dr. Schofield points out 11 mysteries mentioned in the Bible. That is the mystery of the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 13, verses through 50. Then you have the mystery of the Israel, blindness during this age. By the way, I don't understand heaven. I don't understand what it's all about. I read the book of Revelation. I've studied what... Did you know there's more written in the Bible about hell than there are heaven? And I believe that God left out all about heaven because we can't imagine what it's going to be like. There's not words in the human language can tell us exactly what heaven is going to be like. But I do know one thing, brother. It's a wonderful place. Amen? And it's a great mystery. But then you have the mystery of the Israel blindness during this age. That's a mystery according to Romans 11, verse 25. You have the mystery of the translation of living saints at the end of this age. In other words, one of these days when it's, it's all over, every born again saint of God is going to heaven. Amen? We're going to be translated in a brand new body. That's a mystery. I can't explain that. That's a mystery. The mystery of the New Testament church as one body composed of Jews and Gentiles or whosoever will. That's a mystery. The mystery of the church is the bride of Christ. Can you imagine 
us sinners being made pure white, that we might be uh, the bride of Christ. All our sins are gone. We're as pure as snow, the Bible says, in the blood of Jesus Christ. That's a mystery. The mystery of this indwelling Christ. I don't understand the Holy Spirit indwelling me, but I know He does. That's a mystery. The mystery of God in Christ Jesus. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all being in one. I've tried to explain that to people over the years, and they've said to me, if you can explain that to me, I'll believe in God. Well, brother, if you wait till that happens, you'll never get saved. You have to take that by faith. Amen? God the Father, God the Son is one God. And then the mystery of the process by which godliness is restored to man. In other words, isn't it a wonderful truth that you can be born again? And I was a sinner. I'm on my way to hell. The blood of Jesus Christ washed all my sins away and made me fit for heaven. That's a mystery. The mystery of iniquity, sin, rampant in this world. 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 7. The mystery of the seven stars, Revelation 1 verse 20. The mystery of Babylon, Revelation 17 verse 5. Paul closes the book of Romans with verse 27. Now, Watch this, please, because I love verse 27. To God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. To only, to God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ ever. Amen. The title called our attention to Him whose loving counsel forever saw, forever saw the fall of man provided for us before the foundation of the world. I had a, I read a, a commentary one time that uh, God in the beginning made man and, and man sinned against God and then God made a way of escape. Then after man sinned, God sent a Savior. Not on your life, brother. Before man ever sinned, God made a plan of salvation. You think about that. Before the earth was ever formed, the Bible says, God had a plan for man before man ever was created. He had a plan. And if man sinned, he had a Savior. And that Savior is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that does away with all works of human beings can be saved. We don't get work, we don't work to get saved. God's done it all. And He'll save you so. Now watch this. It also draws our attention to the Son of God's love. Jesus Christ who bled and died for us. Then Paul closes praying, we give all our hearts and wills to this God. The God that did all of this for us, He saved us from our sins. He set our foot on solid ground. Now I can walk straight for God. I can serve God. I can have the assurance that God is with me everywhere I go. I know that if I die right now, I'm going to go to heaven. I'm not going to the grave. God's given me all of this. And then he closes by giving in prayer. And he says, give all the praise in our hearts to God. Amen. I love this book. I hope you read it and study it and continue to just read it over and over. Because it's a much blessings to you every time you read it. I don't know how many times I read the book of Romans through. All the way through. But every time I read it, I find something new. And it's always a blessing. And God blesses it if you read it. I pray you will and study it over again. Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, you've been good to us this day. 
by Your presence and those that came, Lord. And it's good to have friends. It's good to have visitors, Lord, that love You and want to hear Your Word and fellowship with believers. But Father, all the glory of everything that's ever been done in Christ Jesus' name goes to You. And we ask You, dear God, to bless Your people tonight. And Lord, we pray for Marty. We pray for Mrs. White. We pray for the pits. Lord, there's just so many that's ill and couldn't be with us tonight. And we want to recognize them. They're our brothers and sisters. When they're hurting, we're hurting. When they're sick, we're sick. And dear God, I pray that you'll reach down and touch them and bring them back safely soon. Bless those that otherwise could not be here. We think of Elizabeth, Lord, as she travels. Would you watch over and take care of her? And many others, Lord. I don't even remember all of them right now. But Lord, we're so thankful for each one that's part and members of this church, which is your body in Christ Jesus. Bless us tonight as your people. Now we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's sing something, please. Turn to page 12. Page 12. Amen. Amen.